Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in the gaming industry. We have three of those bright minds with us this week in Brett Colson, Adam Candy, and the triumphant return of Dustin Galker. He actually was gallivanting all around the world. We've talked about this on several occasions in a tongue-in-cheek manner, but you actually were gallivanting all over the world. I was. I forgot this podcast existed until today, but uh, I'm back. Uh, I, I saw I was in Germany. I saw some some sports betting uh, places in Germany. Uh, so that was exciting. Uh, other than that, yeah, I'm back in the United States and ready to talk about sports betting. So you saw some of the some of the places that we aspire to be over here in the United States. Yeah, but they're they're sketchy little weird boxes uh like uh where you can't see in uh so it's 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 not exactly the same experience in the united states so i'm not going to recommend that as always guys we are on itunes we're on stitcher we are on spotify we would very much appreciate a rating a review a five star everything that you could do and let everybody know that this is something they should be listening to if they are interested at all in the gaming industry we really appreciate it we've heard from some of you out there who are listening and we appreciate it thanks a lot all right, we'll do our quick hits as normal, and then we'll get into some main topics here. Of course, we will talk about the election and how that came down from a gambling aspect. We'll also talk about a pretty neat new product that has been inter- introduced into the sports betting world, targeted what we would seem to say in cas- at casual bettors, but um, who knows? There might become popular amongst uh, just, just about everybody here. But let's start off here, Dustin, yet again, another week, another partnership. This time, it's FanDuel. Yeah, uh, the NHL and the New Jersey Devils are handing out official partners like their 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 candy uh, after Halloween. There's another deal uh, where FanDuel is an official uh, both daily fantasy and sports betting partner of the NHL. The NHL, which had been you know pretty much behind everybody else uh, in kind of adopting what what was happening in sports betting, is now arguably kind of moving forward the fastest. The Devils, uh, New Jersey Devils, in the New Jersey sports betting market have. All these deals, the NHL now has partnerships with both FanDuel and MGM. So uh, obviously already in Las Vegas with uh, the the Golden Knights and have a partnership with William Hill there. So uh, the NHL moving forward quickly. And basically, if you're a league or a team and you're near or in a state with legal sports betting, you're apparently just going to be starting to print cash because these deals uh, show show no signs of stopping. We've actually created a tracker over at LegalSportsReport.com where you can, can find all of these deals. Go to the menu on sports betting, and you can uh, kind of see what uh, what's going on. And I, I would imagine we'll have some more of these in the coming uh, days and weeks. Adam, quite the about face for the old National Hockey League, huh? You mean from the commissioner who actually helped write and get past the past? Yeah, it's it's quite a change for the National Hockey League, which fought against New Jersey being able to start legal sports betting and all of a sudden is right here to benefit from the start of it. So the league is diving in. They are taking the cue from the NBA and doing a similar looking deal to them. And all of a sudden, hockey and sports betting is a beautiful marriage. You probably remember as well as I do being located here in Las Vegas when he basically was saying, yeah, we'll let you have a team, but don't bet on that team. Do you remember when that whole conversation was going on? And here we are with all these partnerships. Yeah, they were going to require the books to take (laughs) NHL games off the board uh, for 
the purpose of the Vegas Golden Knights. And as we saw with the handle that came in on the Knights last year, uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. And let's, not, and let's not forget uh, that Gary Bettman also said that the NHL didn't lend itself to betting at one point in the not too uh, distant past. And all of a sudden, yeah, he's changed his tune. He's up there with FanDuel uh, hailing this as the future. Uh, uh, sports betting is great for hockey. So, uh, I mean, like a lot of commissioners or people, executives in sports leagues, Gary Bettman's full of a lot of crap. But uh, here we are. And Brett, you could basically just take your hockey team off the board anyway because no one's betting on them anyway, right? So like, it wouldn't even matter if they were taken off the board. You're probably right. I, I'd be interested to see how much action the Sabres are generating. <laughs> uh, probably more than last year. We're a little better than last year. But yeah, I, we're not one of the... Uh, the the public sides for sure yeah i i didn't uh, it was like <laughs> i i don't think i've seen a single person tweet about a sabers game and i follow like basically every sports person on the face of the planet so i feel for you I feel for you man must be rough uh, taking a look here at sports betting in Las Vegas, and actually not just in Las Vegas, across the country here, one of the big things that you've been hearing about if you are following any of the mainstream accounts because they love, 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 love talking about this is the fact that sports books are actually kind of getting it handed to them. And Brett, we saw it, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, and then this past week, if you talk to many of the people who run books around the country, was epically bad. Yeah, according to reports, books in Las Vegas lost between seven and ten million dollars on NFL games on Sunday. This was the nightmare for books. Not only did the most popular sides come in on Sunday, that was the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Bears. All 11 public sides covered the spread on Sunday. That means that these long legged parlays that typically turn to dust by Sunday or yeah, Sunday afternoon, they were actually hitting. And we, we covered a handful of them on the lines this week. One guy made his first trip to Las Vegas, walked home, or flew home with $7,000 in his pocket. He certainly wasn't the only one because the teams that casual fans like, they all hit. They all hit. And it was the third straight week that the books have taken a bath from Nevada to New Jersey. Odds makers were quick to admit how badly they took it on the chin this week. There were two different $20 parlays that hit in, at the Beau Rivage in Mississippi that were 11 legs, and one of them cashed for $25,000, one of them cashed for $27,000. So people were hitting, as you mentioned, Brett, people were hitting these monster parlays because everything was basically just going according to plan. Yeah. I mean, if you look look back at this week, I mean, certainly this was a statistical anomaly. You know, every public side is not going to come in every week. But I think there's more to it. I think the public is actually sniffing out some bad lines, especially with some of these high-powered offense and offenses in the NFL right now. Uh, and it's possible that the books just have not adjusted for how good these offenses are. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the scenarios too with regional bias going on there. You know, especially if you're talking about you know the East Coast and Mississippi. Well, in the East Coast, of course, there weren't any marquee games really going on. But in Mississippi, you know, you had that you had that Saints game, and basically everybody in Mississippi with them not really having a home team per se when it comes to NFL 
they, they, they were Saints fans anyway, and if they were even just casual fans, they were certainly jumping on the Saints bandwagon as well as the Saints have been doing. And, of course, that comes through for the Saints going there against the Rams. That was a big, big loss for those books down there. So it's, uh, it's quite interesting here. I mean, it's going to balance all out. I mean, the books were having a very good season up until the last couple of weeks, and I think it was one of these sportsbook uh, guys came out and said, but don't worry, we'll be, we'll be open on Monday. And I think that goes to I think that goes to what is it, Dustin? There's uh, how how many 161 straight months or 361 straight months? Some some kind of crazy number that they've won money. Yeah, I mean in in Nevada they 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 haven't lost uh, since I've been alive. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> that might be that might be a stretch, but yes, uh, despite the fact that the the sports picks are lamenting getting getting beat up on by the public, there's just there's we're gonna it's a little dis- disingenuous to see that because they're winning all the time and uh, they get, they have a couple bad weekends. Uh, nobody needs to to cry cry for them. They'll they'll still make their money. Uh, an interesting story that you posted over on Legal Sports Report there, Adam, was about how. Over in the UK, somebody is actually going to take it upon themselves to limit sportsbook ads. This is something I found interesting, not just from the perspective of what's going on in the UK, but as we start to project forward to what the market's going to look like in media in the United States in the future. So Sky, which carries uh, quite a bit of soccer in the UK, is going to switch what it does starting next August for its Premier League broadcasts. They're only going to allow one gambling advertisement per commercial break. Now, right now, it could be as many as four. And we're talking about a business that's more than a quarter of a billion dollars each year for Sky. And they are reacting to what has been a wave in the UK of sentiment toward limits on gambling, obviously now limits on gambling advertising. And it'll certainly be something that it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, because you know that people on this side of the pond will be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this is one of the things where we if you've never been over there and watched any sort of sporting event on television, you don't really realize how it is, because I think when we were jumping up and down and and we were talking all this mess about the the DFS ad blitz that was going on in 2015, Dustin, when you're overseas, they would have laughed at us whenever we were complaining about the DFS ad blitz, because really it's been it's been a sportsbook ad blitz over there for several years. Yeah, the uh, the DraftKings and Fanduel was kind of shocking to us back when it happened. But yeah, it's it literally. Uh, I mean, you're getting bombarded. That you might go tire commercial breaks for all you're getting is betting ads during soccer matches. So, yeah, I think I think the big lesson here is the United States does not want to see the same thing happen. Now, it's it's probably not going to happen just because we're not going to have national sports betting. It's going to roll out state by state. Um, you know, I think people are going to be a little smarter with their marketing dollars. It's not all going to be on TV ads. So. I think there, there's not a whole lot of danger of of the blanket coverage we're seeing in the UK, but I, the lessons needs to be there. We don't we, pe- just hammering people over the head with with betting ads is, is not a good recipe for anyone. And uh, I'd like to, it would be nice to see that not translate over here to the US. I am. What do you think? And I, unless you have inside information, and then you're just going to sound like a genius when it rolls around. So just fess up, okay, Adam and Dustin, if you have inside information, but. What do we think, though, it will look like for the Super Bowl or or something like that for as far as advertising goes here in the United States? Do you think we will actually see one of these companies step up and try to do and maybe it's not an actual in-game Super Bowl ad, but maybe a, you know, leading into the Super Bowl or right after or something like that? 
I'm not sure I know. Uh, I don't th- I don't think anybody's going to do the buy to get the whole nation. Right. Because it's still going to just be, you know, New Jersey and a, a handful of states. You know, could you make an, a, a, a regional buy for sure? Because, I mean, there's regional spots on the Super Bowl, uh, you get New Jersey, Philadelphia area. Um, I, I, I guess I would if I was handicapping, I'd say there's not going to be a national sports betting ad in the Super Bowl, but um, could that be a, po- a possibility in a year or two? For sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the, I would say probably next year as, as some of these states start to, to advance and make some moves, I would think next year would be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be up to for counting Arkansas, which we'll get into a little bit. We're going to we could have by next by the next Super Bowl. We could have, I mean, we already have eight states, so we could be talking double that, you know, at that point, then there's enough penetration uh, you know, like a, like a Caesars or an MGM could right. say, Oh, we have enough, we have enough sports books now. Let's, let's kind of pump up that we have sports books. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, and it's, and it could also just, you know, and that just works as a brand play on their side as well anyway, too. Right. So no, it, right. it kind of serves dual purpose as opposed to some of these others, uh, where if they're just strictly running just, just the sports book aspect of things and don't have the big resorts and, and, and whatnot for people to come in and participate in, but it will be interesting to see. And certainly an interesting story coming out of the UK of there all right guys i know that you were all glued to the television on tuesday i know that everybody was up until the wee hours of the morning seeing how every single vote came in and it was not because you were worried about who was going to win the house or the senate or the governorships or anything like that you were checking out where all these gambling bills were going because that is what you guys do that is your bread and butter i bet you you had poured yourself a nice glass of Chardonnay and you just sat there and you were just watching these numbers come in. Dustin, how was your Tuesday evening doing these ballot watches for all of these gaming bills? Uh, I was just kind of following along. I was not as uh, excited as, as you say. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to doubt that. I'm g- Adam, what do, what do we get? What are we p- placing odds on for that? I would say Dustin with a glass of Chardonnay watching Michigan's returns is probably even. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, exactly. Exactly. I mean, definitely. And, and Brett was like, Brett was fast asleep. I mean, he's he's over there on the East Coast. Like, there, there was no chance you were up. Once we got the New York, I already knew it was going to happen in New York anyway, so I really didn't have to pay attention. <laughs> and then you were, yeah, then you were done. So, all right, so let's get into the first one here. Uh, Louisiana, we talked about this, how this vote was coming up, that Louisiana was going to vote parish by parish. And if you were wondering what a parish is, it's what you would consider a county in you if you live anywhere else in the United States other than Louisiana. So um, it is it, it was a parish by parish vote as to whether they were going to allow fantasy sports for money. And Dustin, it passed in basically the entire state. I mean, there were parishes that didn't pass it, but as far as the population goes, it's well over nine, like ninety-two percent of the state's population. So that that's basically the entire state. Yeah, this is. I think this is a pretty big deal for DFS land, right? It's uh, one of the five states historically that has had no uh, legal daily fantasy sports. Uh, DraftKings and FanDuel spent a lot of money, uh, reportedly a million dollars between them, to get it legalized uh, through most of the state. So, you know, you know, does this matter a whole lot for them on the on the baseline of revenue? Not so much, especially since they're now running sports books too. But uh, I think it's a, a moral victory, at least if nothing else, to have. Hey, let's we open up another state to DFS. More 
coming closer to normalizing it uh, and, and then reversing a state that's never uh, never had it legal. So, uh, you know, that's a big win for them, I think. And uh, uh, I'm not sure you'll see any too many other states actually formally legalizing DFS. So uh, uh, definitely a, a one off there, maybe in, as more states focus on sports betting. Adam, was this? Do you think that the million dollar spend at the end of the day was more just a litmus test to see how likely they are to get sports betting in Louisiana? Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're if you're paying that to to kind of get this passed, and you think it makes it just an easier path to sports betting, I, I think the investment's probably worth it. You could definitely look at it as market research. I think that's a good way to term it. There was fifty fifty was the spend. We looked up the. Uh, campaign finance reports and DraftKings and FanDuel both put in half a million toward this. And what's interesting to me is when the regulators actually start inching toward an opinion where the chairman of the state gaming commission was basically saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure lawmakers are looking at this as our litmus test for sports betting and go ahead and get ready for those bills because they're coming and really sounded like he was ready to pre-file the bill himself almost. So you can guarantee that there will be sports betting bills introduced in 2019 in Louisiana. It's already in the works. Yeah, I happened to be down there last weekend and I was just asking around and it was it was the buzz. Like once the that it got out that, you know, I was quote unquote in the industry and stuff, I was just bombarded with questions over and over and over again. I mean, that is a that is definitely a an entire state and culture that is is very used to gambling right i mean they've had riverboats since i was a kid you know as far as as far as that goes so it's not like gambling is anything new to louisiana it's just basically you know they really want sports betting and there's i talked to a few different people who had already made several trips over to mississippi to go gamble and everything so uh and once the numbers came out from mississippi as well of course they printed them in the louisiana papers as well to say like hey guys look what we're look what we're missing out on here let's get this going so i i agree guys i believe that this is certainly going to be something that uh basically was just kind of the precursor to to sports betting there but hey brett on a dfs side of this we're gonna have you know maybe thirty thousand, forty thousand new uh new people in the po- in the pot there yeah that's great yeah i mean like you know more 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 people for you to go in and and take their money playing <laughs> nhl take it playing nhl dfs or whatever or something like that the water is warm. Yes. Louisiana. Yes. Yes. Um, Adam, take us to take us just one state up there on the map to Arkansas. Well, Arkansas is our newest entrant into the sports betting derby. The voters in Arkansas pretty strongly supported a constitutional amendment that opens up a number of forms of gambling sports betting among them so what this does is it will allow sports betting at two existing tracks these are dog tracks in arkansas and it also will allow for the granting of two more casino licenses that will allow sports betting at those facilities as well now if you look at where they're situated you've got one uh in uh southland that's pretty much in memphis and then you have others that are sort of scattered around the vicinity of little rock the casinos went big after this the casinos and the tribes went big after this more than seven million dollars in advertising in arkansas combination of delaware north who owns southland as well as the cherokee and quapaw tribes all got in and the, the tribes now want in on those sports betting licenses as well so sometime in 2019 you can expect arkansas to join the sports betting party and dustin this is significant just from the aspect that you know as adam just mentioned that that is so close 
to Memphis, and Memphis obviously is a, a huge feeder for Tunica, which is where there are already casinos and there is already gaming. And with there not being, you know, mobile gaming in in Mississippi as far as like being outside of a property or whatever, so it's not like they can just drive right over state line and place a bet. They do have to drive all the way into Tunica and find their casino of choice if they want to place a sports bet. And that's when mobile even goes live, which is not live there uh, just yet. Uh, it's it's right across the river from downtown, like you know, from downtown Memphis. You know, we're we're looking the Arkansas border is literally just a, a a drive right over the bridge right there. So I imagine in Tunica, this was probably not a not a popular vote. Yeah, you know, it was Mississippi. It looked like it was going to be pretty insulated uh, from the pressures that the that the Northeast seeing, where a bunch of states are looking at sports betting or already have it legalized. So um, already the monopoly is 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 leaving there. So uh, yeah, and uh, like I said, not going to be. It does not look like it's going to be online wagering in Arkansas right away, uh, unless unless the gaming commission has some kind of leeway to 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 make make it outside of the casinos. But you know, they just legalize casinos. I don't think we're going to see. Uh, the, the a gaming commission say, oh, it's online too. So I think they want to. They'll probably be a little protective of, of the land-based casinos at the start. So, but still, another state on the on the map for sports betting that we, uh, I don't think we necessarily saw coming uh, after the May Supreme Court decision. And we'll let you just continue on with this right here. Let's head down to the land of bizarre news in Florida, and let's talk about Amendment Three that was on the ballot down there. We actually saw. You know, we're, we're obviously in the gaming bubble here, so there was a lot of talk about this just in our gaming bubble. I've seen some differing opinions on what this actually means for sports betting, but at least on the surface, it doesn't look great. Yeah, so Florida voters uh, adopted an amendment to the Constitution that says any gaming expansion uh, in the future needs to be re- also done through a referendum. So it basically takes the ability to, ch- to take any kind of quote-unquote casino-style gaming through the legislature. So you now have to see a referendum. And then the conventional wisdom says this also covers sports betting. Uh, you're not going to be able to widely legalize sports betting uh, in Florida without a now referendum. Now, the, I think I think we could also say uh, Seminole Tribe, which basically has a monopoly on on casino gaming already uh, you could the state could certainly change uh, their compact with the Seminoles and they could offer sports betting through their through their casinos in the state but um, yeah uh, this is not great I think if you want to see a widespread expansion of sports betting we saw the two NFL teams two of the NFL teams Tampa Bay and Miami uh, spent money trying to keep uh keep his uh, amendment off of the books and uh, we saw on the other side Seminole Tribe and uh, Disney Corp try to uh, make this a reality and obviously those two big entities won and yeah it's just uh, it's just going to make it harder to do any kind of major expansion of gaming including sports betting in Florida. And, and Brett to me what really stands out here is this just shows this just shows that even Disney can beat the Dolphins and the Bucks these days. I mean like he, even <laughs> even even the Disney team can beat these 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 two squads. I mean seriously. Well, what is Disney's main motivation here to keep this outside of Florida? Is it uh, are they afraid of, of dollars being taken away from 
everything they've got going on in there? It, see, that's the, that's I guess that's an interesting question. And and Adam, I mean, maybe I'll go to you, our our resident guy that's actually worked inside here when it comes to things. But I mean, I know that they're taking. I know that their official statement is keeping you know keeping Florida family friendly and yada yada yada. But I mean, let's be for real. Whether Come people on. whether people can game. I mean, there there is already gambling. There is already gaming in the state of Florida. Whether people can you know whether people whether there's a little whether there's a little bit more or not, it doesn't matter as far as like keeping Florida family friendly. So what, what is the motivation from Disney in your opinion? You look at Disney's situation and I think you get into the same situation that the anti-crowd gets into everywhere. And what has dominated politics in the last two decades, especially, and obviously for a long time before that, but it's been really prominent in the last couple of decades, is slippery slopes. And a little becomes a lot. And for anyone who is opposed, you're looking at saying, well, if we let this happen, what comes next? Now, for Disney specifically, it could be a super complicated thing because you're talking about you know, a multinational corporation with all sorts of varied interests. To look at it in, in a very narrow point of view, I think Brett probably has a, a decent point to say, yeah, you could eventually be talking about dollars that get siphoned away. But trust me, anybody who's spent any time at Disney in Florida recently knows there's no shortage of way to lose your money. And I mean, this has there's just no way, Dustin, that this could be even a long tail thing because they're looking at maybe whatever ESPN sports books or something. Yeah, I don't think so, but who knows? I mean, ESPN Sportsbooks, I mean, I, I don't I wouldn't rule those, that out. I think that's a possibility. But yeah, there's two weird dynamics that were that happened here. One was Disney, which is was against the bill, but also owns ESPN. Uh, presumably one is going to benefit from a widespread legalization of sports betting. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you would think. And they, I mean, they dedicate a lot of resources. They've up. I mean, they do a whole gambling section on ESPN already. So and then there's uh, the Dolphin side was really weird, too, because they're uh, I mean, Hard Rock is a title sponsor of their stadium. So like they were lobbying against uh, sports betting or against this law, trying to keep sports betting a possibility in the future while they're still, while they're actually uh, in, you know, related and, and making money from, uh, from the Seminole tribe. So lots of weirdness in Florida. The end result was not good for, you know, for anything. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to, I do, I, when you brought up the ESPN Sportsbook, I think that's a real possibility. I don't, we, that's a, a, a ball of wax for another day, but I, w- I would not be shocked to see ESPN eventually try to do that despite the fact that uh, Disney has is, is historically been against gambling. Yeah, and as far as motivations from the, the Seminole side of things, if you've ever been to the Seminole Hard Rock, it takes up about half the map, like Southern Southern Florida map. It's like the most giant property I've ever been to in my life. Like It has just massive amounts of, of traffic and everything. So it's pretty simple, I think, Adam, to see the motivation from them is because they make a lot of money just off that casino. And if they can keep people out, why not, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot more that yeah. I need to add to that. That yeah. one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, no, no question on the motivation there. All right, so Adam, take us to Michigan here, where you were, like you said, you were sitting there with your glass of Chardonnay, just waiting, and it just bated breath to see what was happening in Michigan. How dare you, sir? Nothing but Merlot <laughs> in this house. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Um, it was a little bit dicey there for a while in Michigan, uh, especially when it comes to uh, Brand Iden, who's been the champion of 
the gaming bills in Michigan as of late. We were checking that race pretty consistently through the night with our Merlot and Chardonnay, and, and it looked like he was in some trouble there for a while, but ended up coming out with the narrow victory. And you also were keeping an eye on the governor's race in Michigan, where you had a very staunch anti-online gambling uh, person running for governor who was soundly defeated. So the prospects for not only Michigan potentially jumping into sports betting, but uh, other forms of gaming as well being expanded, stay pretty strong for next year. And let's close things out here, Dustin, with Rhode Island. Yeah, we um, pretty much have a, a timeline for Rhode Island sports betting. They've been kind of uh, dragging their heels, but we we now uh, they've now said around Thanksgiving uh, for sports betting at uh, Twin River Casino in Lincoln. So rejoice, Rhode Island sports betting is almost here. So is that going just for the people who are not aware of what that will be? Um, who who are likely players in there? Online, no online, whatever. Just give us give us kind of the quick breakdown there. Uh, yeah, only land-based, only at Twin River Casino, and uh, there's another casino called Tiverton uh, where that will be. It'll have sports betting too, but yeah, no online plans right now, no mobile plans. Um, uh, undetermined whether 2019 the state might revisit that. So everyone's listening to this, and they're going like, okay, that's great about all those states where things are actually happening. So let's talk about the states where things didn't actually happen. Uh, what's next? Who's next? I mean, if you were handicapping, you know, five, if you were handicapping like the next five states where we were going to get kind of some major news to come out of, what what, what would you put those states as? Uh, maybe or maybe Adam and I should just list them back and forth. I, I I'm I really believe Oregon, where I live, is going to have legal sports betting of some sort next year. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a law passed. I think the lottery is just going to like roll some kind of product out. I don't know if they're necessarily next, but you know I think they're uh, they're pretty close. And Dustin, I'll add to that with Connecticut. I, I don't think Connecticut's very far off. The deal was pretty much done. Uh, with Malloy, and it really was a matter of the legislature not wanting to hand him that victory on his way out the door. Now, that governor's race is actually still being counted, so we're not sure who's going to win, but both candidates had expressed a willingness to look at sports betting, and the deal with the two main tribes in the state who operate, Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods, was pretty much in place to make sure that compact was set up in a way where the tribes were not going to threaten to pull their slot revenue from the state anymore and that they would be given some version of exclusivity to offer sports betting or maybe a phased roll-in or something along those lines. That's likely to happen soon. That, that could even be early 2019 for Connecticut. And then after that, you know, I think the big state, the big states of which we already talked about, Michigan, Illinois, New York, I'd be, I'd be shocked if uh, at least one of those doesn't legalize it in fully next year. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance all three of them move forward on at least sports betting. Michigan and Illinois could have online casino and poker alongside that. Um, so th- those are, uh, and then there's, there's several other States that are going to be pretty quickly looking at it. Kentucky seems to be really interested. Kansas seems to be really interested. So um, there's no shortage of States where uh, Adam and I will be busy uh, starting 2019 <laughs> looking at all these States that are, are pot- potentially legalizing sports betting. And to close things out here today, Brett, we woke up this morning to a pretty neat new idea of when it comes to sports betting from DraftKings. We've talked several times about how you know these these guys that that were born online, if you will, are quick to move with some of these ideas that they're doing. We've seen some innovation already that we've talked about. 
as far as just from a sports betting app side of things, from different things you can do within DraftKings and FanDuel and some of these guys. But uh, DraftKings hit us with a presser this morning for a pretty neat new idea. Yeah, exciting news this morning. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbooks now has sports betting pools similar to what I played with my family growing up, similar to what you'll find across offices in this country. Uh, They are now available to New Jersey bettors on the DraftKings app. You can pick your sides for every game on the main slate and win a share of the prize pool, depending on how many games you pick correctly. Uh, we'll see the first contest run this Sunday. It's a $20 buy-in with a, a $200 or $200,000 guarantee. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a very exciting concept for those who like to chase big payouts. I love this personally because it's right up my alley. I don't bet on sports very often because it's too much of a one-on-one. It's you against the book. That's boring. Uh, the reason I'm more drawn to DFS is because of the competition side of it. It's peer to peer. And these types of sports betting contests, like this new DraftKings pool, like the Las Vegas Super Contest, they add a social element to sports betting. Uh, People love competing in these work pools. They like betting against their friends. Uh, Nobody cares if you hit your three-team parlay at DraftKings, but if you picked more winners this week than your friend from high school, that's bragging rights. That's fun. And DraftKings recognizes this because DraftKings is a sharp company, and it finds ways to attract the casual sports fan who might be intimidated to sign up for an online sports book and start placing bets uh, against the house right away. So I hope this catches on. I really hope this is the future. I have high hopes uh, for this and the sports betting national championship too, which DraftKings announced last month. I hope we start seeing more of these super contest style formats as uh, sports betting expands across the country. And, and Dustin, one of the things, of course, DraftKings digging into their roots a little bit here from their DFS is put up a little bit of money, win a lot of money. And they've seen this work time and time again in the DFS, re- DFS realm of things because the millionaire maker just continues to, to fill each and every single week where you're putting up $20 with a chance to win a million in DFS. And so basically just kind of carrying that same concept over to sports betting. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some people, uh, you know, sharps and or DFS players are going to hate the, the payout structure of this too. But this is a this is just a cool idea. People want to put down a little bit of money and try to win. They uh, it's like 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 uh, Brett said, we're conditioned to these kinds of contests. We might Americans might not be super uh, familiar with betting on spreads, betting on totals, all that, but we are familiar with 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 pools. We play everybody plays March Madness pools. Everybody does Super Bowl squares, things like that, or a bowl pick'em contest. These are this is uh, this is stuff that everybody does uh, already. Uh, you know, I'd say most sports fans have done some iteration of of a sports pool. So this is uh, this is a smart move. Again, we're talking about DraftKings being way ahead of everybody else. We were talking about it in August when they launched. Now they have a, have this cool new new pools product that you know I don't. This is something that I that we knew was probably coming from somebody. DraftKings does it first, and I'll be curious to see if anybody else is even close as far as as rolling out this kind of tech uh, and and, ma- and iterating their sports betting product uh, early days in New Jersey and elsewhere. And Adam, if if you're if you're the if you're any league, right? It's almost like something like this should really, and especially just if you're a bottom feeder team or something, you should really be into something like this because as opposed to just traditional sports betting where as brett mentioned it's you're placing just 
a bet on a single game. So like, you know, if we're if we're betting on Sunday night football, it's just the result of Team X versus Team Y. This actually gets people involved. And it's kind of the thing we saw with DFS where you now want to watch many more games as opposed to just a single game because you actually have, you know, a a quote unquote skin in every single outcome on the, on the slate that day. To carry out the analogy you've been using throughout our podcast, it's like buying a $5 bottle of Chardonnay for someone who wasn't (laughs) drinking wine. So you try to maybe get them used to the idea that someday they'll buy a $50 bottle of Chardonnay. You're trying to get the casual fan to feel comfortable with the whole idea, just not to be intimidated. And as Dustin said, it's a concept everybody's familiar with. And as we've talked about numerous times on this podcast, the real growth potential here is in this market specifically. It's in this market of people who might have sort of kind of one time played something like this, but not really felt totally comfortable. And this is a brilliant way to do it. And like you said, when it comes to bottom feeder teams, teams that don't have any reason on the court, on the field, on the ice for you to care. Well, this certainly is a great way for you to care. Yeah, and you know, Dustin, you you kind of hit on it. I'm sure sports betting Twitter will be all over this and say how ridiculous this is as they're on their because it it doesn't pay out right and you don't have a chance to win and as they're on their way to the gas station to buy their twenty dollars worth of Powerball tickets, you know. So I mean, it's like, come on, guys, like it's it's just a different idea and it's a different way to enjoy something that uh, that we all are trying to get more people exposed to and understand that they can do this like for cheap. Like that's the thing. It's like you don't have to do that. This is 20 bucks. You know, I mean, like you can it's cheaper than going to the movie with 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 your sweetheart, with with your sugar, with your with, with your lady. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's cheaper than going to the movies with her. So um, kudos to DraftKings. And we will see who is next, because certainly someone will copycat this in some way, shape or form and uh, try to pull off what they're pulling off here. Guys, as always, we would love for you to rate and review this. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. We would thank you very much for that and help us climb those charts and get more people listening to this and educate more people on this great thing that we have going on here in the United States. You can read up on everything that we talked about on this podcast at LegalSportsReport.com, at TheLines.com, and at OnlinePokerReport.com. Great stable of writers it is only getting bigger we are bringing in the best talent from across this great land of ours and even abroad we are bringing in some people from overseas as well to help out with things and uh just great great content coming out on a daily basis so be sure and do that we're even getting into the video business here so you will start to see videos at lsr and all of our channels and things like that as well so uh glad that you could be along for the ride with us here today we'll see you guys next week this has been the lines podcast